Psalm 130 and Hebrews 10. Um, Several have commented on this verse, either in prayer or in um, meditations, the Psalm 130 and the third and fourth verses of this psalm. But it really does provide a backdrop for what uh, I'd like for us to see in Hebrews chapter 10. So, Thinking of the coming of Christ, this being Christmas Day, or at least um, here in, in, in the eastern U.S., Christmas Day. So Psalm 130 and verse 3 says, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? So there's hopelessness, there's desperation. This is the... Um, this is the... Um, What's the what's the word I'm looking for? The um, the defilement. That's not the word I'm looking for. But uh, um, total depravity. This is the total depravity of man. If you or Lord, oh Lord, if you're going to keep track, if you're going to look at us, if you're going to mark us for who we are, and mark our iniquities, oh Lord, there we have no hope. Who could stand? Who could stand before you? Who could compare ourselves to your holiness? How could we merit anything before you? It's impossible. Impossible. But, verse 4, with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. So there is a transition there and there a change of focus. But you, O Lord, but you, with you, there is forgiveness hmm, that you may be feared. So, with that in mind, and I'm going to pray real quickly because I wanted to do that at the very beginning, but we'll pray, and I'll make a comment, and then we're going to pray briefly, and then we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10. But before I pray, in our minds, could we be reminded that in the Old Testament, the repeated sacrifices um, served only as a temporary, at best, a temporary covering of transgressions, of sin, um, could not take away sin. All it could do was visually cover our sins so that w- the hope then, the confidence was that there would be a Redeemer, there would be a Messiah. So, um, And that was the reason for repeated sacrifices over and over and over, even up to the day of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Because we know that the temple veil was ripped from the top to the bottom, so and it was a time of Passover, sacrifices, and the temple was not destroyed until AD 70. So we have, we have um, repeated, repeated, historically repeated sacrifice covering for sin. And so with that, let's pray briefly, and then I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 10. So Father, as we do consider this, that which we have is a backdrop of the grace of Jesus Christ, the backdrop of our sinfulness, the backdrop of our depravity, the backdrop of our hopelessness without Christ. We thank you for what we have even today to celebrate in the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Deliverer. And we are so grateful. Really, it is why we pray. It is why we ask you to work in hearts. 
And it's in the wonderful name of Jesus of Nazareth that we pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 1. Just enjoy these first seven verses of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 1 with this backdrop before us. So Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 1, for since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, those three words, it can never, we're going to see kind of a a parallel to this in verse 4, it can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Impossible. So we need to be reminded, and this is a a very needful thing, we need to be reminded that man owes a sin debt um, that animals can't cover, that animals can't pay for, that animals cannot remove, and that debt has to be paid. So there is a there is a burden, there is a debt that man must pay. So verse two. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins? But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder. Okay, this is over and over and over reminder of sins every year. It can never remove sin. Verse 4. 4. It is impossible. So verse 1 had, it can never. Verse 4. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So think of this. The only fix for man's sin problem is someone with no debt of his own. Someone that didn't have a debt. Someone that didn't have a burden to be removed. And it had to be more than an animal, and it had to be more than a man. Um, an animal can't take away the sins of man, and another man can't take away the sins of another man. Verse 5, therefore, when Christ, this is like, Hallelujah chorus takes off here. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, that's just a huge statement. This is the aha. This is the 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 darkness of the Old Testament now with the spotlight on Jesus Christ. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offerings you have not desired, speaking to God, but a body have you prepared for me. <laughs> In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then said I, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. And so with this, and this is really the, the, the final comments that I have on this beautiful Christmas day, and that is we have the Son, Jesus Christ here. We have the Son, at some point, and maybe we, maybe you've wondered this, as a baby, did he understand 
his deity? As a baby, did he communicate with the Father? We have at least a, a semblance of a thought here that the Son, in a baby's body, in a, as an infant, um, at some point said, Father, I'm here to do your will. So I have come to do your will, verse 7. You've given me this body prepared for me. I have come to do your will. So I accept this body that you've prepared for me, and I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. So this, this is why Jesus came to earth. This is why we celebrate the, the first advent, the first coming of Jesus Christ. He came as the perfect payment, the perfect payment, what the animals couldn't do. For all the Old Testament, he was the perfect and eternal payment to completely save us, to completely save us from our sin. And um, this is why we're praying, so that we want not only just to enjoy this ourselves, we want our unbelieving family members to know this perfect payment. We want those in cities around the world who are groping in darkness to know this perfect payment. We want folks who are trying to earn their own salvation, their merit before Christ, what is futile and hopeless, to know there is a Redeemer who came to provide the answer. And we're praying that the Holy Spirit of God would quicken hearts and bring people to light that they would see, ah, I was in darkness and now I'm in the light. And how beautiful this is. There is a Redeemer, Jesus of Nazareth. And so let's just celebrate that as we pray today. Maybe we can think of through the Old Testament and the the futility of the Old Testament law. Um, But it's a schoolmaster. It's a schoolmaster to point us to Christ. And now we know Christ. What a beautiful Savior we have. And, um, and what a beautiful day to enjoy thinking about the coming of Jesus. But a body you have prepared for me in burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. It is written of me in the scroll of the book. And we know that he did that, and he hung on the cross, and he said, it is finished. Praise God that we have not only a Savior that claimed that his work was done, but the resurrected Savior who demonstrated his deity, and he came the first time, as a result of promise, and we know that he will come again as a result of promise. Praise be to God.